books on books on the brain. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. We come to you with a very exciting announcement. We here at Books on the Brain have been invited to the prestigious and inaugural conference book talk and we are so excited and this is not book talk as in book talk on tricked you it's book talk spelled b-o-o-c-t-a-l-k it's spelled the way that your mom texts you yes indeed not the way we talk about book talk we are going to be doing a live podcast at the Book Talk event. Mm-hmm. And we are, it's like, how fun. It's going to be so fun. We're going to be able to interact with y'all. Uh, and you're just going to tell us a little bit about what the Book Talk event is. But, uh. yes. So if you haven't uh, been following any of the creators involved with Book Talk event, um, which I would hope some of you who are our listeners would be if you are involved in the book talk TikTok community at all. It's confusing. Uh, but just in case you need a little refresher, book talk event is a virtual event bringing together content creators and authors onto panels. Um, and it's really cool in how they're taking a digital approach to a book mm-hmm. conference. Um, so they have a ton mm-hmm. of panels planned for the week of August 6th through the 8th and we will go ahead and put a link into our show notes and link tree so you can register if you would like to come to our session of our live podcast recording do it it is we have a really exciting uh live episode planned and we can cannot wait do it it's gonna be so fun back by popular demand our episode is going to be bookish confessions one so if you'd like to get something off of your chest and have a chance to have it featured on the live episode please dm us on instagram you can also shoot us an email at books of the brain pod at gmail.com or keep your eyes peeled for our insta stories and the book talk event insta stories we'll be putting up question box kind of sporadically for you to submit your confessions there So yeah, we're so incredibly excited and honored to be part of this conference. So make sure you check us out on August 8th at 12 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time. We hope to see you there. Live! You get to ask us questions finally. You can stop yelling at your phones when we say silly stuff. You can say it right to our face. (laughs) (laughs) All right, friends. Back to the episode. Welcome back to Books on the Brain, a podcast of books and nonsense. I'm Danielle. I'm Carly. And I'm Deirdre. And we are joined today with our extra special guest, Megan from Megan's Books. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited. We are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Holy moly. This feels like it's been a long time coming. You've been on our list for a very long time. Well, I'm just thrilled. I'm, I'm a long-time <laughs> podcast listener, um, and I'm you guys' number one fan, so I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> Megan, I've been saving this tidbit of information for when you are on the podcast, which is right now, but uh, I went to the thrift store one day, and I found a copy of Megan Mead's Guide to the McGowan <gasps> Boys, and I did buy it. It's sitting right there on my bookshelf, <laughs> because I saw you talk about it. <laughs> book talk and I was like yeah I'm gonna buy it 
That has been my comfort read since high school. <laughs> my copy is so well loved. I've never seen and I saw it and I was like this it was like a week after you had mentioned it and I'm like this feels like the universe being like read it. Megan's right. Read it. <laughs> it's right. on my shelf. It is on my shelf. You know, I feel that way about most books Megan recommends. If it it gets the Megan's approval, I'm like, okay. I agree. I'll take one. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Aw. Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me so happy. Because sometimes I just feel like I'm screaming into the void, you know, how, you know, how book talk can be. So, so I love it. Especially if you're not talking about, like, the super trending books. It's sometimes Mm -hmm. hard to, like... Mm -hmm be like this is this one's good too so right that's especially that book that came out in like the 2000s and it was a contemporary (laughs) that nobody read even back then i literally had never heard of it before i was like yeah interesting (laughs) i'm like it's right up my alley i love stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm-hmm. Okay, this Deirdre, your turn. You get to ask this question because it's your question. Oh, and I'm not gonna ask it. Question. <laughs> so, since you've listened to the podcast, you know that we love to ask our guests what TikTok sound is currently stuck in your head. Um, I knew this question was coming. I prepared myself for this question, um, even though it is weeks old. I am still mm-hmm. listening to the Backyard Kids, Heck like yes. mm-hmm. Castaways, mm-hmm. Into the Thick of It. And it's gotten to the point where I'm playing it on Alexa. Like I'm asking her to play these songs for me and my boyfriend <laughs> will walk in and they're playing and he's like, he just walks right back out. He's like, I'm not doing this today. <laughs> I have the remix of um, the Jersey Boys song, uh, Begging, begging you to put your loving hand out, baby. And it, it's like, for any listeners that don't know, I was working on Jersey Boys before the pandemic shut down. So I have this like weird double reaction of like thinking about the show and having like a moment of panic and then being like, chill out. <laughs> Enjoy the song. <laughs> it's a good remix. I like it. It is. I currently have from the the TikTok trend that went very very viral um the adult swim trend that was going on like the song that's in it mm-hmm. I have that in my head like at all times at all times just cuz it's a really interesting line but I don't even know if I know the words to it I just like that's all like I don't know the running away is easy it's the leaving that's hard and I just have that in my head all the time. And I'm like, wow, that's deep. That is Especially pretty for, like, deep. Adult swim. It's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay. Um, I obviously, I've been singing it constantly. If you've been in my vicinity. Uh, that The one breath dancing queen challenge. You can dance, you can jive. Having the time of your life. See that girl? Watch that scene. She's the dancing queen. It's so catchy. It really is. It's beautiful. I love it. And the thing is, I never get sick of listening to it. So every time it comes up on my For You page, I watch it like three times. So then my For You page just shows me videos of it. And I'm like, I've officially left book talk and just made it to Dancing Queen ABBA talk. 
which is fine. I appreciate it. It's a pretty good place to be. Okay, here we go, Megan. How how did you find yourself on Book Talk? Um. Well, as what happened with a lot of people, uh, the pandemic happened, and uh, I was furloughed from my job for a couple of months, and so I found myself with a lot of free time. Um, unlike I think a lot of people on Book Talk, I never really lost my love of reading. Like I read consistently I've been reading consistently my whole life um but I think I had a lot more time to read so I did a whole lot more reading um and all of my friends were on TikTok the like the people that I was quarantining with my roommates um they were all on TikTok and they were like you got to be on it like you have to be on it um but they were doing like more of the like viral dance trends that wasn't really my jam like I was like you know what props love that you love this not really my thing And then one day, as many of us uh, did, I scrolled upon, I think it was reading with Amy and Kate's Mm -hmm. books, like back to back. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, book talk, that's a thing. Um, So I I lurked for a couple of months. I did a lot of Mm -hmm. liking, a lot of watching. Um, And then I think it was like July of last year. I was like, you know what? I can make book talk videos. Um, because I have nothing to do right now, so I might as well, um, and being in the communications, marketing, public relations kind of field, I was, I I didn't do anything half-assed. Like I made myself a content plan and I had like a month, a content calendar, you know, booked out. Um, and I still operate that way because I am a nerd. Um, so, so yeah, so that is, that is my book talk origin story. I love that you plan your content. That's so fun. <laughs> well, I love I, that. It definitely gets derailed. Like I haven't been posting as much recently cause I've moved house and I've had to like clean and mm-hmm. do all that nonsense, but like, yeah, yeah. I've got a content calendar. I'm that, I'm that person. I love that. I like <laughs> hearing that. I'm like, oh man, I have so much work to do. <laughs> I'm planning. <laughs> oh, people have actual plans. Oh my God. But don't even feel that way because like somebody will send me a screenshot of like their, their homepage or like their account on TikTok. And it's like 99 drafts. And I'm like, how? I sit there and that I'm like, Kate, the how? other day she posted a screenshot of her homepage on Instagram stories because the app glitched out she had 153 drafts i messaged her i was like excuse me what are what she was like i'm just gonna see how many they'll let me store wait that's a lot <laughs> i hope carly how many drafts do you have 324 <laughs> you could post a draft almost <laughs> every day for the entire year and have something to post yeah are they all different um, though, or are they like a whole bunch of takes of the same some video. of them are like a bunch of takes some of them are like from like way like i've had because i've had my tiktok account for three years four years now so it's like it yeah yeah mm. yeah see i fall into i'll do a whole bunch of takes of something and go and micromanage it and be like what's funny yeah. and then i yes. just never delete yeah. them yes <laughs> so they just sit and neither of them, like, n- none of them will be funnier than the other. It's just, like, this, it's... Right. I just need to be okay with <laughs> just posting things. Save myself. A- and then I'm like, why does my phone not have any storage? Because I've got, like, a million drafts on TikTok. Yep. Um, We, so we, <laughs> I feel like TikTok, like, 
were like quarantine so many people were joining and like finding success and finding community on book talk and then like have kind of branched out to other avenues of like content creation and like having multiple platforms and like how how does one like how do we navigate that like this is I guess a question for all of us like how do you navigate making content for multiple platforms and how does that like shift between platforms because I've this is a really interesting conversation because I've like seen so many people talk about how their presence on different apps are very different and that for me is very interesting like when people have a book twitter it's very different from what they have on their instagram very different from their booktube account i think what are y'all's thoughts i'm interested megan because you are like very much in the social media sphere professionally um and how you kind of see that on like a management side, but then also like a personal user side. Because I definitely see there are a lot of people I follow that have multiple accounts on different platforms and you can kind of see where they tweak their content creation to fit the platform. And some people are really successful at it. Some people just their content is better suited to a certain platform's situation. Um, But it's interesting to see how people either adapt their content or try to make themselves fit the same way into each platform? Yeah, I think there's no one size fits all for any Mm -hmm. of these platforms for, um, you know, for one person posting their TikToks to reels works really, really well, but for Mm -hmm. someone else, it'll, the algorithm will get mad at you because you're posting a TikTok. Um, so I, I don't think there's a one size fits all because things are going to work differently for different people. Um, but I do think, you know, fr- coming from that kind of marketing communication standpoint, you do really need to make your content different for each platform. That's not to say you can't like talk about a book on TikTok and then post a picture of the same book on Instagram. Like that's perfect. Like that's branding. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, personal branding, what you're supposed to be doing. Um, but I mean, and again, like what works for one person might not work for another person, but personally, I wouldn't like take my TikTok, post it as my Instagram, like as my Instagram and then move Mm -hmm. on. That being said, I don't create content for books on multiple platforms really, um, or Mm -hmm. at least not consistently. Um, Mm -hmm. If you really want to, you know, be on top of things, you should be posting consistently on everything that you want to be on. But right. I am not that person. So who am I to so say? Hard. Who am I to say? Yeah. And I think too, like with each individual platform, like the culture on each one is so different. Like I feel like Twitter is just like <laughs> posting <laughs> like like your personal <laughs> diary. Um and like I don't know, I feel like there's so many different avenues that you can take for social media and I feel like sometimes it doesn't fit mm-hmm. into people's brand quote-unquote brand um like I you know like there's a there was like a big discussion between bookstagram and book talk and how bookstagrammers were Mm. upset that you know book talk was you know getting more like brand deals and like you know more things sent to them from publishers but I was like you have to look at the algorithm in which tiktok is made up of because that algorithm is made to make the common folk like do well like Instagram you only have who you're following and then obviously you have your explore page but like I don't know I just I feel like TikTok is very much so it thrives off of 
finding new people and new ideas and um I think that's how you can do well on that app and I think that it doesn't bleed over into other apps and that's why it's so different I agree I think it's much easier to sell things on TikTok than Mm -hmm. on Instagram like other than like the built-in mechanisms on Instagram where you can actually like link two things to buy but like TikTok it's just walking advertising for for products and it's people because of the algorithm people are more inclined to be creative which sells more books um and even like we've seen that shift in the past week of Instagram saying it's shifting to more of a video platform mm-hmm. as opposed to being what it is as a photo platform right now so that I mean that's all very interesting and I think even just balancing like <laughs> making TikToks posting photos once in a while or stories on Instagram and then writing reviews on Goodreads or Storygraph Mm -hmm. it becomes like a lot of things that you need to do I definitely like see creators and having the burnout that it takes because it's it's not gonna like you have to (laughs) can it's this really bad cycle that if you don't post you just like even for me like I didn't post for like a month and I was like I just didn't want to because it was just nice to not feel like I had to do like this or like feel the pressure of like what is what I'm putting out what people want to see or like Mm -hmm. what I want to see but I think the most productive thing that's come out of like reframing the way that I post things on social media is just like even like I look at my book reviews now that I do on Goodreads or other platforms, I'm like, it's just like what I would want to read or what I would want to see if I come across like videos on my feed page of like what in a book review am I interested personally in knowing about a book or like content wise, um, which is it's frustrating when TikTok won't push those <laughs> videos, but I'm like, at least I'm happy with what I'm doing. Right. And Jenna posted something on her Instagram story that I shared the other day. Um, and by the time this comes out, it'll be a whole lot, a whole long time ago. Um, <laughs> but she posted a, a story that was like, you can take time off of social media creation and it is okay. Like you need to take time for yourself. You will not lose followers, or at least you will not lose me as a follower. If you take time off to take care of yourself. Um, yeah. because I think we kind of get stuck in this cycle of like, we create videos and then, oh, we finally get a few followers and, oh, we create more videos and we're like, oh, okay, we have more followers and we have more followers. Um, but we kind of forget about balance in our own lives and making sure mm-hmm. that what we're doing doesn't feel like a job because it's not supposed to be a job unless you're like a paid influencer. Right. It's supposed to be for fun. Mm-hmm. And I don't, yeah. as far as my understanding, no one is a paid influencer by just doing TikTok, at least on BookTok. Yeah. There are people like really, really big paid influencers on TikTok, but as far right. as BookTok goes, I don't think anyone is making close to enough to like sustain themselves. And I feel like that's a weird stigma about BookTok too, is like everyone's getting paid all the time. I'm like, no. Not true. <laughs> Not true. There, there are far more of us that haven't made a dime um, than have. You know, even if it's mm-hmm. just from the creator fund alone, that's still such a small percentage of book talk that is in mm-hmm. the creator fund. That isn't um, even available to the whole country. Yeah. Right. It's not, it's not available to the whole yeah. world. Um, I personally have seen, like, with myself and with people that I'm going to use the term influencers as just like a maybe I'll use content creators. I personally prefer that term. 
Um, so many of us kind of became quote unquote full time content creators or like more consistent content creators because of TikTok and gained even small, small to large followings of people that wanted to see more content both in TikTok and outside of TikTok that I've definitely seen from other people and myself this like learning curve of having to adjust to building content creation into a schedule. Um, even if it's like making the conscious decision of like, I am not going to film TikToks today, you know, mm-hmm. and like, I, I am going to take this day for myself or, you know, I, I don't want to type out my captions on this video because I just don't have the brain space to do that. So I'm not going to, um, but mm-hmm. having to be okay with that because you're suddenly faced with people that are like, oh, I want a book recommendation. I, I want books that make me feel sad um (laughs) you know (laughs) uh and it changes the way you like approach your content creation and then you kind of have to think back to like what was I doing before all of these followers and then once you start creating on multiple platforms it's like oh my god how do I maintain the following that has followed me to all these platforms which is usually a lot smaller than you're following in one place, right? Um, but then it's like, oh, well, I want to gain followers in these other platforms that I'm creating on. And like, I am not the <laughs> consistency person. My content on TikTok is the most consistent I am. Everywhere else is like the backest burner of the stove. Mm. It's like my neighbor's stove. <laughs> it's the last <laughs> thing I think about. It's tough because it also feels like they're is an obligation sometimes but i've Mm -hmm. i've personally realized it's my it's my own obligation to myself yeah it's not no one expects it like and i think that's such a weird stigma about content creation is like you feel like you're letting people down it's like you're not like no one people aren't even seeing your videos all the time anyway like right especially on tiktok i'm like the way the algorithm pushes stuff people you might not see like I never see Deirdre's videos, and Deirdre never sees my videos. I never so I'm see like, Danielle's videos. We've been following each other for <laughs> literally over a year. But I'm like, it's not that we're not following each other. It's just the way the algorithm pushes things. So right. I'm like, that's kind of just gives you a little peace. You're like, you know what? People probably won't even notice if I don't post today <laughs> because mm-hmm. maybe the algorithm won't, uh, won't push it that way. Uh, that's kind of funky. Yeah, and I think the other thing to remember, too, is if you're a bookstagrammer and not a book talker and you feel that kind of tension of, Mm. you know, I'm not getting as much attention or I'm not getting the publishing deals that other people are getting. Another thing to remember is that companies are looking at the new and the next and what people are actively consuming. Um, And that shift has moved to TikTok since the pandemic because so many people joined it and are now active users. That is now what people go to instead of what used to be Instagram was the hot new thing. Now it's TikTok. Um, yeah. So I think that's why it's not you. It's not your content. You are doing incredible work. You are valid in your content creation. Um, mm-hmm. But companies are looking at what's new, what's next, what's going to get the most bang for their buck. And that's why they're looking at TikTok creators for those kinds of arc deals and all that nonsense yeah and I know a lot of them are kind of like tracking or at least trying to track where sales come from and like that is 
part of some of the departments of these publishing companies, right? Is to be like, what is coming from like a Goodreads review or an influencer or just like being out on a bookstore sh- shelf. And I think the thing with TikTok that is much different than Instagram is the structure of the algorithm. Because I don't even think I was following a single bookstagram account before a year ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I was aware of the community, but I had never sought it out. I had never, it had never come across any of my like discovery page, which I'm barely on anyway. Um, I very much focused on like my following page or whatever the feed is called on Instagram. I forget at this point. Um, Where TikTok is very much about reaching as many people as possible And it's even people that are, like, lightly interested in the thing you're talking about. So you could even just be using a sound that's trending and it shows up on some random person's For You page, which I think is why these publishing companies are utilizing TikTok so much, because it just genuinely has a larger reach to the general public than just the book community as it stands on social media. I I think my favorite example of things working on TikTok that didn't work in any other platform um, is the Mm -hmm. author Ben Alderson. And Mm -hmm. he consistently makes videos about how his books never got any attention, how like however long he was on book Twitter, however long he was on book bookstagram. Um, and then he comes on book talk and he talks about his books about gay elves. And yeah. now mm-hmm. so many people have read his books. I have read the first book. So mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, I love that he has gotten the attention that I think he deserves. Right. He was on the Amazon like top he was in the top five if not at the number one spot um, in his category I forget which book it was um and he he is full-on like book talk you did this it's it's not any of the other platforms that I'm on we saw with Ice Planet Barbarians we saw even with Neon Gods by Kitty Robert like they blew up on book talk just with like and sometimes you can kind of like source it back to someone's specific video more often than not it's an Eamon video <laughs> our girl eamon has got yes. the magic recipe for selling oh, books her. um I, her content if please. go follow Eamon, Eamon's books. Her content recently it is Ooh, so good i literally so last funny. night i spent like a good 20 minutes just scrolling through her videos i was like you are chef's kiss I love her age rating now where she goes, this is 18 plus. If you are a minor and you're reading this, I'm going to marry your stepdad and take away your phone. <laughs> or marry your dad, become your stepmom and take away your phone. Oh, iconic. Iconic. Ugh, I love Eamon. Um, but yeah, like Katie Robert would have never heard of her if I had not had book talk and like come across her videos that way. There's so many authors I've been like, introduced to that are on the smaller or indie scale they're not like the big like Lee Bardugo I'm like that's so fun because it feels like it's finally giving people a voice to like show how amazing their books have always been but maybe just have been passed over by traditional publishing or by like being pushed aside by other people who have more money for marketing I'm like that's so funky and cool and fun hell yeah um okay next on the docket uh this is kind of like the book 
review rating section of the podcast. Because if you are not following Megan on TikTok, I highly recommend. We're going to keep saying this, but, like, just go follow Megan, please. (laughs) Please. Um, Megan does my favorite book reviews. Like, your format for book reviews, Megan, is so great. I, I, it's they feel comforting. I don't know why. I just your voice is so wonderful to listen to. They're so it's so nice, uh, but I admire how you build your critiques and how you are able to look at books. And something we've talked offline a lot about. We're like, oh, Megan, right? So well. <laughs> like in depth conversation. You guys are making me blush. <laughs> um, but. We've got a couple topics, but this is one that I find uh, very interesting because I feel like there's also been this spike in people who, people who have never in their life started uh, had access to reading advanced reader copies and now are getting advanced reader copies and like or getting books sent from indie authors or publishers. It's like how do you review a book and critique it critically? Like how do you negotiate that? Like. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's hard to, like, give harsh critique on a book or to look at things critically, especially when it's, it's like, a lots of layers. It's an onion. Um, right. But how especially, do you go about it? Especially in a way that's, like, not discrediting the work that the author did to create the mm-hmm. book or discrediting that somebody may enjoy this book despite the things that you didn't enjoy. Um, and I think, mm-hmm. Megan, you are one of the most successful people at giving those harsher quote-unquote critiques because even your harsh critiques are very rarely like mean you know they're all fair yeah um and I know a lot of people really struggle with that balance of like I don't want to like hurt somebody's feelings or like detract somebody from reading this book but I also want to talk about this thing in the book that's not that great yeah I think there's a lot of things that go into it um the first thing to remember is that you're never going to please everybody no matter what you think of the book if you love the book someone's going to hate the book if you hated the book it's someone's favorite book um and if the author sees your review they might not like it um I will say I've had an author find my tiktok um and then make a tiktok of their own saying someone gave they didn't mention me but like they said someone gave me a bad review it really hurt my feelings I'm feeling really depressed right now it's like you know it's Mm. never it's you're never gonna please everybody um and there has to be kind of a thickness of skin if you're going to be reviewing somebody's work because it is art and it's very personal to somebody um and maybe to multiple somebodies because it's something that they really enjoy so I think that's the kind of the first thing to keep in mind Um, the second thing to keep in mind is leading with kindness, um, because everybody is a person. We all have feelings. Um, even if you absolutely hated the book, um, it is somebody's baby. It is somebody's work Mm -hmm. of art. Um, so what I do or what I try to do, um, is lead with the positive, do kind of a compliment sandwich, if you would. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The, the mm-hmm. old leadership tactic yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> a, of a compliment sandwich. Yeah. So I typically start out my reviews giving a synopsis of the book without giving away any spoilers. Um, and then after that, I move into what I really liked about the book. Like maybe it had really great representation for a certain um, audience, a certain demographic. Um, maybe it was 
um, the writing style, like this, it might not have been a like great book, but the writing style sucked me in and I just wanted to keep turning the pages, um, that kind of thing. And then you do have to go into kind of what the problems are or what your perceived problems are, because we all comment everything with a bias. So something mm-hmm. that I perceive as a problem would not be a problem for somebody else. Um, so I, I try to look at things for me, it's all about storytelling. I don't care quite as much about like how fancy and flowery and flowy the words are. If it's a good Mm -hmm. story, I'm a happy camper. Um, So I kind of try to pick it like, well, maybe the characters didn't have enough time to develop or, um, you know, look at that kind of thing. What feels wrong to you? Um, I don't know. There's no, (laughs) there's no right way to like critique a book, I guess. Um, but I do think leading with kindness is the most important thing. Um, and then I guess when you're rating at the, at the end, because normally not everybody does this, but I do assign a star rating to each of the books that I read. Um, and when I do a lot of times I'll say, but you know, at the end of the day, I gave it two stars and that's it. You know, (laughs) like you could, you could love this book. You could hate this book. Um, I also, one thing that I've noticed with myself is I am a huge mood reader. Um, mm. So when I read a book and I'm just not into it and I know that it's my mood, I know that it's my fault that, it's, that I didn't love it. I try to acknowledge that. Just be like, listen, I just wasn't in the right frame of mind for this book. Take all this with a grain of salt. Yeah, that's some great advice. That That's some great advice. Sometimes it's not the book, it's you. It's <laughs> yeah. great advice. I know, I, I feel like we've all had this conversation in, in different aspects, but it, reviewing books is such, it's such a great part of being a book content creator, especially like because your reviews become recommendations for people, it, it has lots of uses. But more, it, this feels like it's been like in the past like four months, but there are so many people that if you do not like a book, it feels like a personal attack on them. And you're like, no. Or the other way around, if you like a book and someone hates it, it's like, let me attack your character. And you're like, whoa, we can just, it's books, my friend. It's just books. It's books. What, when I get comments like that, or when I'm tempted to make comments like that, because I'm a human person, if someone doesn't like a book that I really like, I feel, I feel inclined to be like, go on their video and just be like, oh, I actually really liked this book. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think the thing to remember is to stop. <laughs> just to not do it. <laughs> and like not even just to not do it but, but but maybe like stop and think for five seconds just five seconds and ask yourself is this comment going to add to the conversation mm-hmm. and is my comment going to cause good or cause harm um mm-hmm. and I think if more people did that we'd have a much more cohesive and safe and friendly place on the internet um that doesn't always happen obviously (laughs) um yeah yeah it's it's we need to lock everybody into a room that's on book talk with megan and just have you speak to all of us because that right there is such an excellent piece of advice for everything anytime you're gonna post anything on the internet just stop and think is this helpful (laughs) Like oh, not even God. a comment, a video too. Oh, a hot take. take. We've seen so like just, just take a second and think. 
is this gonna help anybody or am I just here to ruin someone's mm-hmm. day? There that are hit me right many... in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> there are unfortunately many people that are on the internet just to ruin other people's days. But I think yeah. the thing that I always think about, whether I'm commenting, creating content, reacting to something, it's what impact is this thing I'm putting out going to have on somebody? Mm-hmm. And is it a positive one or is it maybe unnecessary? Yeah. And like it, it, that spins off into a whole conversation about your intention is not always going to be your impact. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the next step of the conversation is like when your intent is being impacting people in ways that you did not consider, what do you do? How do you proceed with that? Uh, and we've seen lots of variations of that over the past year on Book Talk mm-hmm. to, to some success, to some uh, less success. But uh, <laughs> what's the opposite of very, success? The detriment. <laughs> Mm. I guess detriment. Yeah, that's that's a better word. Um, but yeah, Megan, you need to write an inspirational. I book. agree. <laughs> just like this is how you need to be an adult. <laughs> well, and I think the other thing to remember is that we're all human too, and we're gonna mess up. We're gonna hurt Absolutely. someone's feelings. We're gonna have what our intent is not how people take it. Um, and Mm -hmm. Danielle, you gave some really good advice the other day of like, when you mess up, you need to a apologize and B give examples of what you're going to do to change your behavior moving forward. Um, and, and how you're going to fix it. Um, Mm -hmm. so, you know, don't, if you're being a content creator, if you're creating content out there, you're going to mess up. It's a part of life. Just, just own it. Be an adult, be a good person, lead with kindness. I want to kind of steer the conversation back a little bit. I love where we went, but I want to backtrack <laughs> a little bit because um, I have like hyped up uh, this aspect of Megan's content creation before, and that is your star rating system mm-hmm. and how you go about rating your books. And I would love for you to tell our listeners how you do it, um, just because I love it and I've tried to start like adapting my star rating system based off of how you do it, just because I think yours is so, it makes so much sense. Yeah. So I think a lot of people misinterpret it as harsh um, because everybody looks at books and they're like four and five star ratings are all, they have to be decent books. Like they have to be good books. I think a good book is a three star book. I start every single book that I read page one. It starts off as a three star book. That is a good solid book. Now, Mm -hmm. if I love the book, then I'm going to bump it up. Obviously, it's going to be a four star book. If it absolutely changes my world, if it rocks me, if it if it like hits me in the heart, it's going to be a five star book. So those are very few and far between for me. Um, But yeah, that's four and five star books. If I don't love the book, but there's nothing like really wrong with it. It's a two. There's nothing wrong with a two. It just wasn't for me. If it's a one-star book, that's where it gets into the shady territory of like, there was something that really misrepresented a group of people. There was something very morally wrong with the book that just made me not be able to enjoy it at all. So that's kind of how I do my ratings. It's so simple, but I'm like, man, that's a good idea. (laughs) It's just a good idea. And it took me a long time to get there. So it's, you know, 
it's fine. Like I've been, like I said, I've been reading my whole life and I didn't start reading books until high school. And even then I don't think I knew what I was doing. (laughs) So like shout out to the librarian who introduced me to book talk, started a book or not book talk, stop that, reverse it. Um, (laughs) Introduced me to Goodreads, um, Mm. started the book club at my high school that had like five people in it, but kept it going. Like that person changed my life. Like they, they're amazing. They're no longer with us, but they're amazing. Shout out to librarians. Mm -hmm. Y'all are doing Except the one at my high school. She was horrible. Okay, except for the one at Deirdre's high school. Shout out specifically to Amy at FHS Librarian. (laughs) Yeah. We love Amy. So Honestly, God bless librarians that genuinely want people to be in their libraries and read. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's what a concept. What a concept. (laughs) It sounds so stupid, but I have had far too many librarians that made it seem like they would rather me be anywhere else but in their library. Can I tell my like transformational librarian story? Yeah. Okay. So I went to a very small private school my entire life until college, Um, Mm -hmm. two different schools, but in I did a K through eight school. I was with the same like 40 kids my entire, that entire time. And if you think about it, that's a long time. Like you're going through a lot in that time period of your life. Yeah. Um, I was very much bullied at this school. Um, and we had recess all the way up through eighth grade. So there was like that time where you got to go outside and do like activities. Um, and recess is where I would get bullied the most. So my elementary school librarian would let me go to the library during recess and reshelve books. And like, that was like my little escape. Like that just made me, like, it gave me so much like joy and like a place where I could actually enjoy my school experience Mm -hmm. um, and get away from the bullies and just like have my moment, love my books, you know, be around the books that I love. Um, Yeah. I'm going to go beat up those bullies. Give me names. I'm on my way. I love that, though, because, like, I had a very similar uh, growing up. I also went to a private school where um, it was 40 of us growing up together. Same thing with recess. And I can't think of a scenario where a teacher in this school would have seen something like that happening and said, how can I maybe make this child's experience a little less traumatic instead of forcing them to acclimate to their situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really great that your teacher kind of had the forethought to be like, maybe I can do something for this student. And create a safe space, like a legitimate safe yeah, space. Yeah. I think back to like my middle school and high school, like librarians and like, I didn't have a lot of friends in school, um, and I, like, there was nowhere to, like, we didn't really have big cafeterias or anything, and so I would just, like, always go to the library because it was, like, quiet, no one would bug me, you know, whatever, but you can't eat food in there, um, but, like, I, I had, like, made well enough relationships with my librarians where they're, like, just don't get anything on the floor and don't let me see it and you'll be fine, and I'm, like, okay, thanks, and, like, that was literally where I would go in the morning when I waited for the first bell to ring, and then at lunch, and then after school, so it's, like, creating those environments for students is so important. Absolutely. Thank you, librarians. We love you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Y'all, y'all are smart cookies. Smart cookies. <laughs> they, have they have to get master's degrees. degrees to be a librarian. Proud of them. I'm proud of you. Amy, I'm proud of you. I love Amy. <laughs> Every time, no matter whoever is talking about a librarian, I just immediately picture Amy. I'm like, yeah, your librarian was Amy. <laughs> Um, okay, next topic. Unconventional book talk books. It is like the bread and butter on book talk of people being like, I only see four books on book talk. I have recently been seeing people, like genuinely in the last two days recent, um, been seeing people calling people out for saying that, like legitimately, and saying, you all keep saying that you're seeing the same four books, and I think it's because you are very clearly not on a diverse side of book talk. And I was like, oh, it took us eight months for somebody to actually say <laughs> you need to seek out and start following people that aren't recommending these books that you keep seeing? What a concept. I'm like, yeah, there's there's way more than four books. Like, yes, if you were on, like, straight book talk people that are reading yeah the highly marketed already have been popular or like viral to book talk books yeah i think one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about this was because megan you are one of the creators that i consistently see talking about books that i either do not know exist um Mm -hmm. or see maybe maybe one other person talking about like you really do seek out books that are gems and bring them to your audience. And it's so funny because most of the books that I've read in the past year are books that were recommended on Book Talk. So at least one other person is reading them. Um, What I end up doing a lot is I will see people's like monthly wrap ups. I will Mm. save them. I will favorite them to go back to them. And then I'll look up the synopsis on Goodreads and then I'll be like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's a book that I want to read or maybe not. Um, So that's kind of how I do pick and choosy. But Also, I think because I had that time period of like high school to college where I was still reading when a lot of people were not, I got a lot of those books that were like the in-between books that most people missed. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's probably part of it too. Right. Oh gosh. So, well, we already talked about Megan Mead's Guide to the McGowan Boys. Um, I will say that one is not diverse in any way, shape or form. Um, It is a... (laughs) very much like a a white suburbia teenage love story um mm-hmm. but it was fantastic um okay so another one that i think does not get enough attention a lot of people talk about we were liars by e lockhart a lot of mm-hmm. people talk about that book but e lockhart was, has one of my other all-time favorite books and it's the disreputable history of frankie lando banks which yeah, I know. Like nobody talks about it. Um, I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's about a girl who goes to a private school, and you know, life imitates art and all that. Um, but she finds out that there's this like secret society at her school, and she it's it's all about that. It's really cool. It's a really cool book. Dang. And that was one of my book club books in high school. Like that that librarian introduced me to. So great book again not super diverse but great book i'm like on my yeah i'm on my good literally (laughs) i'm like looking at my bookshelf i just i just started um a dowry of blood by st gibson which was i got recommended by books of the gemini 
Kelsey, um, like two weeks ago, she was like, more people need to read this book. And then I think I saw one other person recommend it. And I just started it today and it's mm. vampires. So um, the audiobook is like five hours long. It's very short. Um, but I don't need I'm, more. Of, uh, no, I do need more vampire racks. <laughs> like, don't need more of them. Like I do. I do. I always need more vampire racks. So that's uh, the one that I am currently have lined up that I really haven't seen a lot of people talk about. Oh, I, I was going to say, you know what? I just realized that I just had the opportunity to plug, but I didn't. I missed the opportunity to plug Wolf Song by TJ Klune. Like that was, <laughs> I mean, I feel like you can plug it. I am the only person on BookTok who like consistently plugs this book and everyone talks about House in the Cerulean Sea. TJ Klune is a fantastic author but wolf song does not get enough love and i am like i said in a tiktok i am on a one woman mission to get everybody on book talk to read wolf song <laughs> everybody that i see that has read it loves it like i know erin at as the book ends i think it was last month or a month and a half ago binged the whole series mm. right through like couldn't couldn't even wait to get the physical copy that she had ordered was reading the ebook until the physical book came. That's such a mood. So I know I know how much you love it, Megan. I know. <laughs> I feel like if we're talking like brands, like I feel like Wolf Song has become my brand. I feel that. As as in Twilight, uh, it's my own personal brand of heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um I think my like unconventional book talk book it was one that I actually, I, I don't think I've ever seen your review of it. I don't even know if you have a review of it, uh, Megan, but I kept seeing docile on your shelf. So mm. I went out and I got it. Uh, I've yet to finish. This, this, this is my, like, the hill I die on. Uh, I have, like, 30 pages left of the book, but I can't finish it. So it's been sitting on my shelf, not quite finished. Um, I think, like, it is incredibly, like, explicit in adult content, and, like, you have to tread lightly with it. It's dystopian, but very realistic. Um, but it's a really good and interesting and thought-provoking book, and I feel like people on BookTok would, in not in, I don't know if you can, like, enjoy Docile, but, like, at least find it intriguing. What was one that I saw on your shelf? Yeah, that was one of the first books I ever read on like from a book talk recommendation. So like shout out to reading with Amy for <gasps> she's for sending she's also the other person. <laughs> um but yeah that book I gave that one a five star. So it was one of those ones that rocked my world. Um I don't think I've ever cried as much as I did while reading that book. It is so dark, um, so twisted and not in like mm-hmm. a fun way. It's very, very dark. So if you want to read mm-hmm. that book, make sure you read the trigger warnings. And don't just read the ones on the back because that's not all of them. No. Go to the website and read all of the ones on the website because I did not do that. And then I had a moment where I was like, Whoa! and I had to put the book down. Um, but it is like, it is incredibly well-written, incredibly well-written. And it's, I haven't read it, but it's deceiving based off of the cover, which is this beautiful shade of pink, and it looks very inviting to read, which, which I'm sure part plays into the entire th- vibe of the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also often gets grouped in in, like, MLM relationship books with, like, 
they both die in the end and like red white and royal blue and i'm like docile should not be there absolutely <laughs> not docile shouldn't like i see people recommending it and i'm like no i had a it should be in like the hunger games and like the like yeah i had a also creator... like 50 shades of gray yeah yeah i had a creator hop into my dms and be like hey would this be a good book to add in like this mlm video and i was like absolutely not absolutely not because it's not a love story not at it's all. not uh, even it's not a little romance. bit Mm-mm. no so when i saw it on people's like pride stacks and i was like it can be there but it cannot be in the romance pride stack it can be there it is it is a queer book by a trans author i believe mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, it should not be, it should not be next to Red, White, and Royal Blue or One Last Stop. It, mm. No. I mean, <laughs> color-wise, sure. Yes, they are like right. back to back to back, but <laughs> it's not content-wise. Oh. Uh, it's a good thinker, though. What about um, you, Carly? The only one I can really think of that I haven't talked about on here is one I read in high school, and it's called... Um, Every Last Word by Tamara Ireland Stone. And it's essentially like follows a girl in high school who um, is diagnosed with OCD. And um, she like puts on kind of like this facade to all of her friends that she's fine, but she's like really struggling internally. And um, she meets this girl named Caroline who uh, shows her this like secret poet society in like the basement of their school. And it's like where all the misfits who don't fit into everyone kind of all um, come together. And it's this really beautiful story. And like being like 16, 17, like it was definitely like the story that I needed to read. I've seen a few people on Book Talk talk about it, but not as many as there should be. Um, if you do decide to read it, please look at the trigger warnings because there are a few. I was going to say the one book that I have only ever seen one other person at Book Talk talk about is A Witch in Time by Constance Sayers. Um, mm. if, if there is one author that I could get people on Book Talk to read their work, it would be Constance because I genuinely think so many people would love A Witch in Time. Um, it is so in the vein of Addie, but so different from Addie. Like, I think if people didn't really enjoy Addie, they would find things in A Witch in Time to enjoy. Because um, it's not as philosophical uh, and, like, deep as Addie is. Um, and that's not to say that it's surface level. Like, there's just... It's about other things in the human experience. Um, and... The other creator, I think it's Katie M. Reads, I think is her handle. Um, and she's talked about Constance's second book that just came out this year, Ladies of the Secret Circus, which I've had sitting on my bookshelf since the day it came out. Um, but she is literally the only other person on Book Talk that I've seen be like, Yeah, I read these books. I'm like, Please. I think so many people would love her work. Her writing's just so immersive and. Um, great but i need to read her second book it's funny when i'm shelving books at work and i come across a witch in time i'm like oh yeah deirdre talked about that book and then when i come across docile i'm like oh yeah danielle talked about that book <laughs> and then you just yeah. like, no, not today <laughs> not today <laughs> um i i don't know about you guys but when i see people like recommending and i say it like because we there's this whole pitfall of being like 
overhyped books on book talk and it's like can we like books that are overhyped and it's for me i find annoying because i'm like there's a reason people find them popular either they appeal to the masses or and they're amazing or they're really what a thousand reasons right but um when i see people recommend a book that like i've never seen someone recommend or like them recommend a book that i'm like oh this feels like a secret between the two of us no one else i immediately follow that person i'm like Mm-hmm. I don't I don't even have to watch any of your other videos. It just immediately makes me like when you talk about a wide range of books, you talk about the popular books, you talk about unconventional picks for book talk. It just like it makes me personally excited. I like that. I agree. Which is why you should go follow Megan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's our segue for all of the segments is <laughs> like and that is why you should Go follow Megan. Oh. Uh, speaking of a segue, book talk truly is like a, a little community of people, and it feels like over the past year we have been like bonded together through blood, sweat, and tears. And this is something that like a conversation that was happening a lot like last year, but kind of has uh, died down. And there was even a, a TikTok page. Do you guys remember a, a book talk hype house TikTok account someone made? Yes. Um, but we're just, just, what would an ideal book talk hype house look like? <laughs> what's there? What What's the situation look like? Hmm. So I, <laughs> I have coined, uh, what the hell am I trying to say? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, I made a video like, almost a year ago talking about a book talk hype house and like in my mind the ideal house itself not the people that are in it the like setting of this house is it's in the mountains on a lake so there is a body of water it is not an ocean but you're like in the mountains so there's so much nature happening um maybe it's an a-frame I'd be I'd be open to other um, types of architecture, um, but there's just like a lot of rooms, um, because some people like to read with others and discuss with others, while other people need to be by themselves while they're reading. But then there also need to be like discussion areas where people could be a little bit louder, where there's like quiet zones for the people that need quiet inside and outside because people have different thoughts a really big kitchen because people love baking and tea and alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages um and just so many bookshelves and hidden nooks and like everyone would kind of like find their favorite place in the house um but I say this all while just like neutrally talking about people in general while like not thinking about specific people mm-hmm. because um I <laughs> am an introverted extrovert like I get most of my energy being by myself this pandemic has taught me that I do enjoy being around other people um because being alone for too long is not great for my mental health um but the people that I do spend time with, I'm, like, very specific about the energy that I like to be around because um, it really does affect me. 
Um, so as I like think about and talk about this book, Tuck High Pass, I'm just being very vague about uh, people in general and no specifics. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would want to handpick like a group of people to be in the book talk hype house. But no, um, my ideal situation, other than everything that Deirdre just said, um, <laughs> you know, uh, you'd have to have good lighting. So you'd need some ring lights available. You ideally, like this would be the coolest thing to me is if there was like a sound booth where you could like record voiceovers Mm -hmm. or you guys could do the podcast or like, you know, what have you. Um, The other thing I would say is in terms of people, I would want it to be rotating. I wouldn't want like a static group of people there all the time. My ideal situation would be like, everybody comes in on a rotating basis. So you're not with the same people the entire time. Um, And you'd switch every like one to three months, like you'd rotate out just because a, it would give more people a chance. B it would expose you to different people within the book talk community. So like Mm -hmm. um, if you are on mainstream book talk, you'd get to know people on gay book talk or, you know, like it expose you to more people and different ideas and different content. Um, and you would be required to leave one book. Mm. I love that. Um, I agree with all of the above. Yes. I've per- I've, what I would add um, would be, I think... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, as per, like, old Batman uh, cartoons where there's, like, telephones where they're like, oh, we gotta call this guy, right? Uh, but for all of the big publishing houses, there would just be telephones where you could be like, I want an arc of this. Like, it just... <laughs> <laughs> just, like, very cheesy. Uh, I think that would be hysterical. Also, lots of cat trees, because there'd be yes. lots of mm-hmm. Oh, no, I couldn't do it. <gasps> I'm so allergic. allergic. I'm oh, so no. allergic. We'll give you Claritin. I'm allergic too. But <laughs> and Benadryl. I'm allergic too, so I'm just always like wheezing. We'll have dispensers on the wall, okay, running. for like. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. A very good air filtration yes. system. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's very funny. Good. Ever since Deirdre, you brought up the hype house, I have like this very clear image in my brain of what it looks like, um, and like. I painted a very vivid picture in my video. <laughs> like, I I just, like, the most important thing to me is just, like, the biggest, like, comfiest couches that there could possibly, like, the ones that are so big that, like, you can't mm-hmm. even, like, really bend your legs down. You can't even touch the floor, like, at all. Um, like, mm-hmm. hammocks outside and, like, maybe there can be, like, some soft, like, piano music in the background playing at all times. Mm-hmm. Um copy copy yes constantly yeah yeah um constantly having like like charcuterie boards everywhere just so you can go and nibble um that there would have to be yes at all times yeah none of us i can no that's not true there's there's a lot of people on book talk that can cook but it's that so that no one feels like they have to constantly be in charge of feeding everybody you know, or that there has to be a rotating schedule because it's like, oh, I really want to read right now, but like that grocery board needs to be filled. Nope, we got yeah. a chef. Yeah. Also, just like, like all like the like, 
I'm thinking of like bubble tea and like I just like want all the options there because like that's my favorite thing is like mm-hmm. getting a good drink and then a good book and a comfy couch and I'm set to go and some mm-hmm. nice music in the background. I'm ready to go. That's all I want. I'm not too picky. Instead of like a movie night on Fridays, it's an audiobook night. So they we would play an audiobook through like the speakers in the, the, the entire house so everyone would have to listen to the same audio. That's like my apartment. <laughs> My roommate and I, we did it for when we cleaned the apartment. We each took an earbud, or an ear, an earbud from my AirPods, and earbud the basketball <laughs> dog. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I started Ace of Spades, the audiobook, and we listened to it for three hours together while we cleaned. And then after we moved in the other day. Um, I put on, I was in the middle of a contemporary romance, uh, and I was like, are you cool if you start in the middle of this book, because that's what I want to listen to, and she was like, yeah, she was like, absolutely, so I gave her the rundown of what happened in, like, the first hour of the audiobook, and we just, like, popped our headphones in and listened to the same audiobook while we were doing stuff in the apartment, we love it. I feel like the only potential conflict of the Book Talk Hive House would be deciding what speed the audiobook would play on on Fridays. And you know what? That is the thing that my roommate and I have a uh, contention over because I listen to my audiobooks between 1.5 and 1.8 and she listens to them on one. And I'm like, I can't. It's okay. so slow. It's so slow. Okay, what what about you, Megan? Um, I am new to the audiobook uh, world. So I'm only at 1.2 right now. And that's, it takes time to get used to it. Carly, what do you listen to yours on? I was at like a solid 1.6 for a while. And then it was like, and it depends on the book. Sometimes I find like the narration is like faster in other books. And I'm like, what are we, well, this is X Games mode. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) sometimes I have to change it. But yeah, it's usually between like Mm 1.6 very lowest to the very highest. Unless it's the Crown of Gilded Bones, which is on (laughs) (laughs) 3.5. This, it's on five and we're just going. I, well, we'll start my audiobooks at 2.25 and then I usually can get yeah. it up to 2.5 or 2.75 depending Megan's on like, like what? <laughs> I'm so over. I, I sometimes will like. I keep in mind, okay, <laughs> I am on my second audiobook as an adult. I, like, right. I, I, I used to read the first three I'm books in the series that we won't talk about. That's how I read those first three books mm. on cassette tape. Like I'm dating mm-hmm. myself on cassette tape. Iconic. And you know what? It is it's a fantastic Iconic. book. They really are. The the, the narrator is really incredible. Like oh. anyway. I think that's the the one thing that people like I forget because I'll listen to them in my car. Um, and then I'll like <laughs> the Starbucks drive through and I'll roll down the window and it'll be like, just like having to turn down the volume. I always There's a pause it. in Danielle's car. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a full on Thanksgiving turkey in my car. Yeah, you guys would hate living in the South. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Yes, I would. Oh. I would. <laughs> you 
it's the the southern speech is very slow they take their time with the accent it's a little drawn out i will literally like this is like a like my friends are like carly you need to stop and i'm like i'm sorry but like if someone is speaking to me and they can't get out the last word i will say it for them i will be like groceries like yeah okay let's go (laughs) like i'm so sorry but like come on that is the only reason not the only reason one of the reasons why i like uh, Eric from True Blood more than Bill because Bill is Southern and he sucker. I love you so like just like so long, and I was like, I'm going to throw my entire box set of these DVDs from Costco in the garbage. Talk faster. I still haven't read those books. They're sitting on my shelf. Uh, I have. I've not read them either. If you ever want to do a buddy. But let me know. Uh, oh. I did not like the writing style of them. I tried the first book. I got it's them at Goodwill, so I'm not that invested. I got them when I was like 12. <laughs> it was inappropriate. I don't know who let me buy them. It was very inappropriate. Uh, and, but Twilight, it was mm-hmm. a gateway drug. <laughs> it was like, what's the other vampire series? It's the Sookie Stackhouse one. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not going there. Okay. <laughs> Um, if you could not, dear listener, guess, uh, by now this far into the podcast, uh, we're all friends. <laughs> we all, uh, <laughs> met online and we're all internet friends, uh, which is kind of like a funky thing that, I don't know, growing up, it, there was this weird stigma, stigma about, like, internet friends and, like, meeting people online, like, don't tell personal things online, uh, which feels like it's had a, a big shift in the past like 10 years maybe even less do we think it's possible to like make real friends on the internet is there a difference between like being friends with people and being friendly with people what do we what are our thoughts this is it's a very interesting conversation i think especially like coming out of the pandemic going back into like post post pandemic she says with air quotations because it's not over yet uh nor will it be over for quite a bit of time but move shifting into a, a less People have less time to be on app because people are returning to in-person work and such. Is it possible to make real friends on the internet? I think that this last year and like joining Book Talk is really the first time that I've made lasting friendships with people online. Because um, I've been on Instagram and YouTube for a couple of years, like very, I say that very lightly Mm -hmm. and I've made like a handful of friends just like ending up in follow groups where you support each other's work and there have been a handful of people that I've like connected with and kind of stay in touch with but it's never been the type of thing where if we were in the same city I would go out of my way to see them and it's a lot of the people that I'm friends with online we've had something happen in real life to make a connection and now we follow each other online Mm. Um, where all of the people on Book Talk I have never met in real life, and there's a significant amount of people that I would genuinely like block out a significant portion of my schedule if we were in the same city, or you know, if someone was like, I want to plan a trip and like we all do a meetup in this state, um, that I would genuinely consider doing it, um. And I don't know if it's the type of community that we're in, 
that because there are so many topics in books that just lead you to having conversations and getting to know people in a way that you may not have conversations with people in the comment section of like a makeup video or a tech video, you know? Um, but I know that there are people that do make communities in those niches. Um, but there's definitely like that disconnect of online of the, there is almost a little bit more work that you have to put into online friendships of um, actively like getting to know people um, through messaging and um, like remembering things they say in videos to then kind of like tuck away as like, oh, they shared this thing about them and I really resonated with that. Um, I definitely think it's possible to make friends online. Um, I wonder if there's, um, I'm, and I'm sure it happens where like the persona online is a little bit different than what it is in person. You know, I think all of us are very good judges of character, <laughs> but some people are very good at playing a part, you know, and kind of creating their online presence. So I would definitely be interested to meet people in person just to see like how much it matches up. Yeah, for me, it's a, I always feel a sort of imposter syndrome where like I consider myself friends with another person, but I have no idea if they consider themselves mm -hmm. friends with me. Um, and I think part of that, and I'm going to nerd out here a little bit and talk about what I studied in my master's, um, is parasocial relationships. And so parasocial relationships are where you constantly see another person or see this creator or see a celebrity mm -hmm. and you kind of form this one-way relationship with them where you are so invested in their life and you feel like they're a part of your life but they don't really know who you are and they don't really care about you at all um and sometimes mm -hmm. that's what I worry I am like online where like I feel like I've created a friendship with somebody but they don't necessarily feel the same way that is such a good point. Um, especially... No, I was going to say, I'm glad it has, like, a name. Yeah, I was like, excellent, you know? excellent. <laughs> uh, I feel like a lot of us have that uh, that sense of imposter syndrome when it comes to, like, especially being new to content creation um, and coming into such a saturated community, like, or at least what it's become to be such a saturated community, Book Talk is... It also is like, it's, it's it's so amazing to have access to a community of people who are just like you, who like probably were bullied in school, were never like the cool kids probably, who love to read, who like enjoy learning and champion supporting people for the most part. And like, like to, to have that ability to create that community because geographically it is not reasonable that people have that access. So to come online, it just, it's so amazing. It's something I wish I had growing up. Like, I think my like teenage years would be, would have been a lot more happy if I had that community of people. But then it leads to the sense of like, is this person my friend because they like me or is it like a mutual agreement of like this is beneficial for both of us and for me like I'm a Pisces so I'm like if I like you I I, I love you I would like lay down my life for you uh, I'm that kind of friend so for me with my big heart it's like does this 
it's exactly that like does this person actually like me or am I just useful to them <laughs> like it, it that feels like boiled down it feels a little nitty-gritty but I'm like it's it's tough I think that's a part of content creation that a lo- not a lot of people talk about where it's like do people like me <laughs> do people- you know like what a weird statement but like do people like me for me or is it like is it cloud chasing yeah it, like this network of like conspiracies happening by <laughs> yeah yeah um so i have been making quote-unquote friends online since i was 14 um I, there is this pipeline that people always talk about that tumblr was like what tiktok is now like it's literally like transitioned into tiktok um and so that's that's where i was was on good old tumblr uh fangirling about bands and people and it was great literally one of my oldest like online my first online friend um i'm still friends with her shout out to callie we met when we were 14 um and like i genuinely consider her like one of my best friends because like i've just known her for so long um and there are people still from like that era of my life you know between 14 to like 16 17 that i'm still like i still follow on instagram like we still kind of keep up with each other um it's obviously not like as in depth as like my close like personal friendships but like there's still a sense of like hey how are you like i genuinely am curious as to how you're doing um so when book talk kind of like came about um it was really nice because it felt like Tumblr again, but like as an adult and I was like, wow, like I get to make all of these (laughs) friends again. And like it, like it genuinely gave me the same feeling. And because I'm in person, I'm kind of like awkward and uncomfortable around new people. I hate change. I hate meeting new people. Not that I hate meeting new people, but like, I just, I'm very socially awkward. And so it's really easy to talk online. And I think that that's like a big part of book talk is that like, a lot of people just have like the easy there's like an easy way of talking to people without there being so much pressure on you um so yeah like I think of like Eamon and I'm like her and I don't talk every day but like she was like again like Danielle like you said like she was like one of the first people I followed and like I adore her and I'm always like rooting for her I'm always commenting on her videos and all of that and I, I consider her a friend so and like this podcast like I would say we're all friends like you know what I mean (laughs) I hope so like no we're not friends no we are we have to explicitly state it right now (laughs) yeah we are secretly not friends friends. Carly we're friends no you know what I mean yeah so it's 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 been like this really fun thing to get back into because it's I don't know like talking to people online is just so much easier than in person like it's funny I will like talk to people for like two years and be like I know all your deepest darkest secrets like I know all your family drama and then it's like wait a minute you have a dog like what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) like it's it's kind of like this weird like reverse thing where like usually in person you like you would like someone would be like oh I have a dog and then like that's how you strike up conversation so yeah I definitely think that you can make friends online all I have to say is that if there's ever an opportunity for us to go to the mountains in a lake with a lake <laughs> and take a one week vacation, I am in. <laughs> Heck yes. Heck yes. Please. We'll go to Banff. Yes. We'll rent a room. Please. That's my favorite. <laughs> we'll see a moose. Who knows? You most certainly will. I saw several mm-hmm. when I was there. There was a moose in my city, which is, if anyone knows where I'm geographically located, it's a little weird that there was a moose. <laughs> that is a little weird. It made, it made the city's uh, Twitter oh, wow. account. Oh. And I was like, why are you here? 
Hunter's on a road. I was like, you're very far, very far from where, where you should be, be. friend. <laughs> Um, the most wildlife I have now is our garbage room has a record. Yeah, oh. that sounds about right. I love that. <laughs> so uh, I have so My many raccoon stories about the raccoon uh, on our move-in day. Somebody was like, "If you go late at night, like check, maybe bang on the door a little bit before you enter, uh, so it doesn't attack you or get in the building." <laughs> What's everybody reading? Anyone reading any great <laughs> adult romance books? <laughs> Well, yes. Ooh. Oh, really? Yes, do tell, do tell. But... <laughs> no, because I, I, well, I don't know if I want to talk about this one is my book that I'm reading, <laughs> but I'm reading that first book in the, um, oh yeah, Wicked Villains. Yeah, the Wicked, the Desperate Measures. But anyway, yeah, I don't know if I want to talk about that or I just finished Daisy Jones and the Six. <gasps> yeah. We love Daisy Jones here. So yeah, so I just finished Daisy Jones and the Six on audiobook. It was the very first audiobook I have ever read as an adult. And it's because you guys told me to. So thank you for that recommendation. Um, I feel like that was the first like adult fiction book that I've read in a while. Like that wasn't like paranormal or like fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that was the first one that really hit home as like an, oh, this isn't a book for grownups. Um, because it very much is with these sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, but yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the audiobook. I thought the person who did Karen Karen's voice was the best. Um, that was my favorite of the narrators. And yeah, I enjoyed it. You're also, this is a side, you're also reading Bad Feminist by Roxane Gay. I am. I, so <laughs> right here, I'm almost done. Um, I, the reason I am reading this is because my place of employment um, had Roxanne Gay come in and do a Q&A session for Pride Month. Um, so Bad Feminist was the book that we were reading to have this Q&A with Roxanne. So um, I didn't quite finish it in time. <laughs> I'm physically ill how jealous I am. You, All my idols, <laughs> Nina West and Roxanne! I, I need to I need to work at this company I need to get myself in I need oh my well, we god we can say it I work for Disney so like yeah we get a lot of really cool things <laughs> and it's a great company to work for and yeah they they do a lot of really cool stuff like having Roxanne Gay and Nina West come in and do Q&A sessions with people that's the coolest thing I've ever heard in my As life you. <laughs> I love Bad Pedimus I love Roxanne Gay she's amazing so one of the things that she said in the Q&A session is that they will be releasing an updated 10th anniversary edition of Bad Feminist. So if you're interested in that, that will be coming out in the next couple of years. So it's not, it's like two years away, I think at this point, but. Like my copy of Bad Feminist is so beat up (laughs) and like pages are falling out because I've read it so many times. I love Bad Feminist. Like the entire front cover not attached to me. (laughs) That makes me so excited. Uh, Okay, so here's what I'm reading, y'all. I've been reading so many Kindle Unlimited books, so I'm going to, like, rapid fire. I'm not going to go in depth because I know people – I know people feel this way because this is how I feel. That's my logic here. I feel like I never see people recommending Kindle Unlimited books that they actually like. It's just people being like, I heard about this one. So I'm like, here are some Kindle Unlimited books I genuinely enjoyed. Uh, I read the Plated Prisoner series, which I had heard Jenna – Jenna's Lit Picks – talk and recommend them uh you can get i believe you can get them all f- 
the physical copies of them. You don't have to read them on Kindle Unlimited. It's a King Midas retelling. It's fun. It's like, <laughs> it's pitched as like for fans of Sarah J Maas and from Blood and Ash. So I went in being like, ooh. Uh, and there's quite a bit of like mirroring and plot points from both of those books, specifically the Akatar series and from Blood and Ash, like how plots progress. If you are looking for something that gave you the same feeling as those like th those series did, it gives you that same series, that same feeling. So I really, I enjoyed them. I liked the second and third book more than the first one. You kind of have to go through the first one. There is, however, quite a bit of sexual assault and rape in the books. The woman it revolves around, she's like the king's favored and they're all like prostitutes basically. They're called saddles, which I didn't get why they were called saddled until someone made a joke like, you're riding them all the time. And I was like, I hate this. But so there is quite a bit of uh, on page rape in the books. So if that's not something that you can read, don't read these books. Other than that, I found the pacing of them was so fast. I read a book a day for the series, and they're great. Uh, and then the other one I talk about is author called Mariana Zapata. I don't know if y'all have ever heard of this author. She is a romance queen, and she does, like, the OG romance where it's, like, there's no adult content until, like, the second last chapter, and then they, like, it's a slow burn. They, they go at it, uh, which is something I hadn't read in a long time. I've been reading a lot of, like, Katie Robert books or like books that kind of get down to business a little bit quicker but her books like clockwork there won't even be kissing until 95% of the way through the book um which feels it feels like you're gonna earn it a little bit more so all of her books are kind of related but you don't need to read them it's like the undercover bromance where it's like yeah they're all kind of pop up in each other's books but you don't need to read them the standouts for me from Luke Hove with Love which is a figure skating rivals to love her they're an ice dance pair uh it's fabulous i loved it uh it's so fun and then the other <laughs> the other one's called the wall of winnipeg and me which bear with me it's a <laughs> it's a um marriage of convenience between a football player who's from winnipeg and this woman who's his assistant who lives in the states and she quits and he comes and he's like I need you to marry me so I don't get deported. So it's a marriage of convenience. Um, they're very tropey. They're very fluffy, but they're fun. Like, I read a book a day of these books. Like, I've read five of her books in the past five days. They're just, like, fun and, like, they don't take too long to get through. It's just, it's great. It's great. Everyone gets a happy ending, and I'm like, that's nice. So if you're looking for any Kindle Unlimited recommendations, there's the Plated Prisoner series, there's any of Mariana Zapata's books. Also, I did read Katie Roberts' Reverse Harem Vampire, the first book in her uh, series. It's called Sacrifice. And I don't know how I feel about it. So it's very short. It's like 150 pages. If you want to go read it, it's, it exists. It is very explicit. So there, there's like <laughs> 10 Kindle Unlimited recommendations. If you are so inclined to read any of them, there you go. You can go to my Goodreads. They're all there in my... Uh, reading goal if you want to see what I read can I just say that anytime I hear Winnipeg all I can think of is Ginny from um the Very, star kid Mary Potter, Mary Potter musical. musical and I just think Winnipeg I take you up to Winnipeg that's that's Canada. Canada. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yep. I, I always think of the song from um isn't it from Avenue Q my girlfriend who lives in Canada uh -huh. I think there's a reference to Winnipeg in that song I can't remember it's such a, what a great, 
name for a city. That's where my mom uh, immigrated to Ooh. when she left Italy. They went to Winnipeg, Manitoba. <laughs> the the height of culture in Canada. Um, I am going to do a similar thing to Danielle, where I'm just going to kind of list off some of the books that I've been reading, and then I'll go in on the book that I just recently finished, because I have been reading a lot of adult romance, and I think people would enjoy to know what I'm reading, because I'm not posting these on my Instagram this month because I genuinely have exclusively been reading mostly Katie Robert books and I have a lot of family that follows me on my Instagram (laughs) so I just don't want to exclusively be posting my like wrap up of this month uh to my family so you're gonna get it um I round I found I finished the Wicked Villain series finally with the novella book um, Wicked Villains shorts, uh, which mm. was a lot of fun. And um, she Katie does post a lot of these to her Patreon. If you're a member of her Patreon, it said it in the book um, that she kind of like I don't know if she still does this. I'm sure she probably does. Where um, there's like a vote that kind of takes place um, where people want more of. X, Y, and Z couple or thruple or whatever. Um, and she'll put out, um, like a little short story, um, continuing their story. So the Wicked Villains ones gives you a couple from each, um, of the relationships in the series, which was a lot of fun to kind of like go back now that I've spent a month away from (laughs) those characters. Uh, and then I read a romance that I wasn't too sold on, so I'm not really going to talk about it because... Um, and then (laughs) I fell into a Katie Robert rabbit hole where I was kind of like testing out a bunch of her backlist. So I read, um, one of her series, uh, that starts with There's for the Night and there's, um, kind of three books that begin this series and then it spins off with, um, characters that you meet along the way. And it's, it starts off with a girl who it's her birthday she goes to a club she ends up meeting these two guys and they go home together and it's going to be a one night thing uh but maybe it's not going to be a one night thing and maybe these uh guys are a little bit more influential in the world than they're letting on on this one night um and it continues for two more books and it's very steamy and uh, a lot of fun to kind of read about a thruple after the Wicked Villain series where a lot of her relationships between three people um, were very much like an equal partnership among the three of them, where this one, they explored a understanding that there were going to be times where they would potentially couple off for a scene. Um, and that there was not going to be any sort of jealousy or problem with that because each of them had sort of like a little bit of a different relationship between the three of them, but that they were at the end of the day, a triad of three. Um, So that was kind of interesting. Then I read Fool Me Once, uh, which I cannot remember which series this is from, but it was like in the middle. Oh, I think this one was like the uh, cowboy series, (laughs) but um, it's kind of like a grumpy girl. The girl's the grump, but she has like 
major social anxiety and she hates the cowboy um but they kind of get put into a situation by a mutual friend where they're going to help each other out um for two social engagements um so it's like kind of fake dating but also not but um that was a lot of fun and then um his to take I think was from her uniforms series and it was a novella and the girl had um basically like her career on Broadway was up in smoke so she was back in her small hometown and her summer fling from high school who she'd like hooked up with on and off was back from the marines and uh they were just exploring things that they didn't really get to explore over the last couple years because they were in different places and I am shocked by how much character development Katie Robert can put into less than 200 pages. Yeah. It is actually insane, and it is why I have read so many of her books Mm -hmm. in the last month, because, oh my god. (laughs) I've also been reading books that are under 300 pages. Like, that's... I'm not reading anything over that right now. (laughs) It's great. Um, And then I read my first Tessa Bailey book. Uh, I was recommended her on book talk um because she posted a tiktok where she was at a restaurant and she could see a wedding party and (laughs) she was like taking notes for my next book and then it like panned over to the person she was with who i'm assuming is her partner um and he was just kind of like looking at her and somebody stitched the video and was like y'all tessa bailey is so funny and her books are great. So I found her books on Scribd and I read Fix Her Up, which was a childhood best friend, um, baseball player. Uh, sports. Thing. Romance. Sports. Sports <laughs> things uh, with construction. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, also a little bit of fake dating thrown in there, too. So you just get all of the tropes. It was just, yeah yeah it was like it was like five tropes in one i was like okay i'm down um but now the book that i'm actually going to talk about um is a fantasy romance um and it's one that i'm so glad i finally read and one i will definitely recommend to people that want a good romance fantasy that builds you a substantial romance and a substantial world without compromising like they neither of them are super complex because they don't need to be um and so that is radiance by grace draven it's book one in the wraith king series and on her website um she has like suggested reading lists uh the order that she suggests you read her series in and it takes place in the Wraith King's world, which is like six or seven books long, with novellas breaking up the novels. And this starts with Radiance. So it seems to be that there are like two books that focus on this couple. And then, like with a lot of romance series, it breaks off into side characters. And then there's one novella that also ties into one of her other series. And so this book is about a arranged marriage. So there is a uh, girl who is a noble woman. Her uncle is the king. So she's noble enough that she needs to have an advantageous marriage, but she's not a princess, so they're not going to marry her to somebody that will one day become a monarch. 
So she is going to marry a Kai prince. So she is human and he is not. And he's the second son. So his brother will be king. His brother has six sons. He is quite literally the sparest of the spare. So again, they're making this arrangement to benefit both countries and people for like trade and just securing um, alliances. And the thing about their arrangement is that both of these people find the other so ugly. <gasps> Hell they, yeah. They cannot stand the way each other looks. They cannot stand the food they eat. They have the Kai can't see in the daytime because of oh. their eyes. They It like blinds them. So they live at night mostly and sleep in the day where humans are the opposite. Um, <laughs> for the most and part. And he, like, for the most part. Um, it's, like, hard for us to see at night, right, without some sort of light source. Um, the They constantly are talking about, like, how he um, compares human eyes to, like, parasites um, because they, like, move of their own accord and they change colors and, like, all these things. And it's, like, a separate entity inside of the face right and it's kind of weird to think about but how many times are you like you read so much in somebody's eyes and for his people it's not like that um and their relate the way their relationship starts is so wonderful because off the bat the banter is like you are ugly <laughs> like and they that's the representation like, we've been asking for this entire time where's the i find ugly? <laughs> and it's not malicious it's like they have a very fun relationship from the jump and immediately they are on the same page of like you are my person and i will protect you to the best of my ability because this is our duty to our country and our people, and this is what we have to do. Um, and pretty quickly on, you find out that there is a third group of people that um, is trying to use them to get to the monarchs of the their, their heads of houses. Um, and they attempt a raid on the traveling party it's unsuccessful um so you kind of get the sense that there's a little bit of unrest among the people for the most part in like villages and towns people are doing fine but there's a little bit of unrest um there's a little bit of magic not a lot and she explains it very well um and it was just so much fun and i think this was a slow burn romance that I enjoyed so much because we got so much conversation. I've like very quickly realized as I've explored romances that I love when the majority of the book is conversations with people that are genuinely like getting to know the other person or like mainly banter conversations where you see them building their relationship. It's not, I'm sorry, it's not like From Blood and Ash where it's somebody just asking 10 questions in a row. Um, and you're trying to get to know the world through those questions. Um, and I wasn't sure if this book was a standalone or not when I walked into it. I have to thank Mimo Reads, Janessa on TikTok. She like championed this book when I asked for um, fantasy romance recommendations.
the other day she did a video, somebody asked, could you do like sweet and spicy Rex? And she was like, that's exactly what this is. And it's true. Like the main character is such a cinnamon roll. He is like not this like tough guy, broody, like facade guy. Like very much from the beginning, you see down to his soul, which I'm like, we need more of that in these romance books that take place in fantasy worlds. Um, Consent always there. Um, You have, it is a slow burn. You do have to work for the spice, but it is so worth it. Like I was surprised by how steamy it was and I was very pleased. Um, And I'm excited to read the second book and see where their story goes. Cause it, took a turn that I was not expecting. Like, I literally like, had to stop what I was doing. I was like, what? Did not see this book going this way. So, yeah, I'm, I, somebody commented on a video that I did yesterday saying that I'd started it and they had said they'd read one of her other books and they didn't really like mm-hmm. it. Um, so I think if you're looking to get into Grace Draven, this might be a good, at least for me, I'm liking it as an entrance into her work. Um, I do think it's some of her newer work, um, which also might help. So yeah, I was I'm get- sorry I talked for so long. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I always get that book confused with the Four Horsemen series by Laura Th- Laura who wrote the Barkiner series. I don't. They're nothing alike. I think it's just the cover where it's like a man. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about it. I. I always get them confused. So I'm glad you've set me on a path. I think I would have read the wrong one. Um, I finished a book a few days ago. It was really good. Uh, it was called uh, The Girl from the Sea by Molly Knox Ostertag. It is a queer coming of age romance. Um, it was really cute. I saw it at work. We had two copies and actually this elderly woman phoned and was like, do you have this book? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, my niece wants it or something like that or or my granddaughter or something and so she's like so I'm gonna I'm gonna come in and get it for her can you put it on hold for me and I was like sure I was like I hope you know it's queer but I didn't say that to her but I was like in my head I'm like oh geez um but she came in and she got it for her and she was very excited so I was like heck yes um it was a wholesome moment but yeah so I saw it and I was like well now I need to read it um and I saw a little bit of it on book talk so I I got it and I read it in two hours. It was very quick. It's a graphic novel. Um, it follows Morgan, who um, lives on the east coast of Canada. She, uh, like, her dad's not in the picture. She lives with her mom and her very, like, volatile younger brother. And um, she has, like like, a friend group that she doesn't quite feel like she fits into because she has this big secret. The secret is, is that she likes girls and um, she's kind of trying to deal with all of the, these big emotions that's uh, coming to her as a 15-year-old with hormones and life and all of that. And one night, um, she's sitting on a rock beside the ocean, and she falls in, and she smashes her head, and um, this very mysterious girl named Kelty um, in the water uh, comes up and uh, saves her. And... Um, they kind of start this uh, friendship from there, um, and then it kind of turns into something a little bit more, um, and it's about Morgan trying to come to terms with her sexuality and, um, you know, 
trying to navigate how to tell her friends and she's kind of avoiding her friends because she's scared to tell them and same with her family and it's this really beautiful story like there were so many moments where I was laughing there was parts where I was crying um there was like so many emotions in such a short span of time but um it was a beautiful story beautiful artwork um and it's genuinely like one of my new favorite books so yeah I really liked it yeah it's so good I think that's everything I think so. Thank you so much, Megan. Um, always, yes. Today. I hope <laughs> you had fun with us. <laughs> um, please tell everybody where they can go find you, um, because they should. Yeah, well, I mostly create content on TikTok, so you can find me at Megan's Books, but Megan with an H, because my parents wanted me to be the Irish spelling. So at Megan's books on TikTok. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, I don't really post there very often, but it's at Megan's dot books. And there you have it. Uh, If you made it to the end of this episode, you should head on over to our Instagram and comment on our latest post. And the emoji that you should leave is friends dancing. Ooh, yeah. The friends dancing emoji. As always, thank you so much for listening. We post new episodes every Wednesday and are available on all podcast platforms. It would mean so much to us if you would rate, review, and subscribe if you are a listener. And you can go ahead and follow us on our own social platforms if you would like. I'm at Deirdre Rose Morgan on Instagram and TikTok. I'm at d.j.books on TikTok and on Instagram. I also have a Twitter, but I won't tell you the handle. But if you can find it, you can follow me. <laughs> I don't remember what my handle is. <laughs> and I am at Carly Rikashi on Instagram and at Library of Carly on TikTok. And you should definitely make sure you head on over to Megan's socials and follow her as well. Thank you again, Megan, for coming on this episode. And we will chat to you all next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.